So if someone is taking care of a loved one with dementia, what are some tips to help them make sure, I guess you really can't reason with putting a mask on, but what are some things that they could do to make it a little easier to help them understand social distancing and washing their hands a lot and wearing a mask? As with anything, just in this care partner journey, you know, kind of establishing that routine consistently and making sure that anybody who is around them is also doing the same thing. Because mm-hmm. I think that that's most important. If they see you as a care partner, friend, family member, provider, wearing your mask and washing your hands, just kind of that modeling. And it, it may be repetitious modeling that has to take place, making that just a part of the routine, making sure that you have these supplies on hand, the sanitation wipes, the disinfectant wipe, the disinfectant spray, and then also making sure you have an ample supply of masks and things to keep yourself and them safe. Welcome to Aging in Style with me, Lori Williams. I'm an optimist by nature, and I believe you can follow your dreams at any age. My grandmother's journey with dementia ignited a passion in me to work with seniors. I've spent the past 13 years learning about seniors and aging. In my mid-50s, I followed my own dream and founded my company, where I use my expertise to help seniors locate housing and resources. On this podcast, we cover all aspects of aging. Join us each week to meet senior living experts and inspirational seniors who are following their dreams. The fact is, we're all aging, so why not do it in style? Hi, welcome to today's episode of Aging in Style. Today, we have a former guest back on. Um, it's Tanisha Tyler-Carr. She's a program services coordinator and certified dementia practitioner with the Alzheimer's Association. And today, we're going to be talking about COVID-19 precautions for people with dementia and their families. This is a really important topic to address because we are in the midst of a surge in COVID and we need to kind of revisit on how we can keep ourselves and our seniors with dementia, how we can keep them as safe as possible. So thank you so much for being on, Tanisha. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. Sure. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do for the Alzheimer's Association, just to kind of refresh everyone's memories? Yes, no problem. I can do that. I am a program services coordinator at the Alzheimer's Association, Dallas and Northeast Texas chapter. And I have been with the association since 2012. And uh, primarily my roles there are to really manage volunteer facilitated programs like our education programs, our caregiver support groups, our early stage education and socialization programs, as well as assisting with our fundraising uh, events like our Walton Alzheimer's, our longest day campaigns, and also all of our advocacy efforts, really whole mission, as well as working with families and individuals with the diagnosis and making sure that they have access to local resources and referrals and have the opportunity to have a one-on-one informal conversation called a care consultation with me and other staff locally, as well as through our 24-7 helpline, which is 24-7, um, as well as also working with community partners to do community outreach and education and awareness. Oh, wonderful. It's such great work that you're doing because when we talk to families who either, you know, someone that's just been diagnosed with dementia or they have been on this journey for a while, it's such a great blessing for them to have someone to contact 
for resources and you have a wonderful website, all kinds of great resources on there. Thank you. You're welcome. So let, let's start today and let's hit on why is it more challenging for people with dementia to keep them safe? Well, I think it is challenging. First, we know, Lori, that people who are living with a form of dementia are definitely more vulnerable because of their diagnosis and, you know, their memory issues and deficits. It's more difficult because, as we know, a disruption in routine or a lot of the changes we're seeing with the CDC regulations and the ever-changing, you know, restrictions that may be placed on us locally and nationally, statewide, it's hard for care partners to really kind of relay that and kind of uh, assist their loved ones. And you're really adjusting to all these changes, you know, since the pandemic began, especially someone who's used to a certain routine and has been accustomed to interacting with people the way they have their entire lives. And, you know, with the diagnosis of Alzheimer's or another type of dementia, of course, as the disease progresses, just the cognitive ability to really understand, um, you know, your environment and just the reasoning changes. So it can be very difficult Mm -hmm. for family members and friends and care providers like ourselves to really implore these protocols that we're under, you know, with someone who has a disease that affects their memory. So yeah, so they don't understand why you're wearing a mask, and it may be harder for them to understand you or why you're having them put a mask on and wash their hands and all those types of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And definitely, you know, if you're used to communicating with your loved one where you can hear and see their face and, you know, sometimes wearing the mask can be hard for them to understand. It's hard for us to understand people sometimes when we're wearing masks. So I think it it can be very difficult. And, you know, especially if someone's progressing in their diagnosis, they're seeing different behavioral changes and physical changes, environmental changes with them, health-related changes. It makes it even harder because those changes kind of supersede, you know, all these different protocols that we have. So it can be very difficult. Yeah, definitely. So if someone is taking care of a loved one with dementia, what are some tips to help them make sure, I guess you really can't reason with putting a mask on, but what are some things that they could do to make it a little easier to help them understand social distancing and washing their hands a lot and wearing a mask? I think, you know, as with anything, just in this care partner journey, you know, kind of establishing that routine consistently and making sure that anybody who is around them is also doing the same thing. Because mm-hmm. I think that that's most important. If they see you as a care partner, friend, family member, provider, wearing your mask and washing your hands, just kind of that modeling. And it, it may be repetitious modeling that has to take place, making that just a part of the routine, like you said, because reasoning and, you know, having conversations about why we need to do this may be hard for them to really understand or even really participate or reciprocate in that Mm -hmm. conversation. So just kind of modeling that behavior, making it a part of the routine, like everything else. And I think that that's important, making sure that you have these supplies on hand, making sure that you have the sanitation wipes, the disinfectant wipe, the disinfectant spray, and then also making sure you have an ample supply of masks and things to keep yourself and them safe. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you're taking care of your mom at home and you have to take her to the doctor's office and she has to wear a mask, you could just maybe do something like, 
okay, let's put our mask on. Yay. Put yours on and then have her put hers Absolutely. on. Okay. Absolutely. You know, making it just a part of the routine. Mm-hmm. You know, when we go out of the house and then we're out and about, I'm going to put a mask on. You're going to put a mask on. Making sure you have sanitizer available. The great thing about it's all of these things are so accessible and affordable now since we've been in this pandemic. They're so much more accessible now. So mm-hmm. versus when we were dealing with just shortages in, at the beginning of this pandemic, Absolutely. when it was new and it was just chaos. Mm-hmm. Now we've kind of gotten into a rhythm with this. So making sure you have those things. And like I said, starting with that at home, but especially when you go out and have, you know, some sanitizer in the car that you can both sanitize your hands with. Make making sure that they're familiar with that. Because, you know, when you go into a restaurant now or go anywhere in public, you know, they have these sanitizer dispensing areas. So making sure they're familiar with that, just kind of making it a part of routine, but also you modeling that Mm -hmm. behavior yourself. So they definitely don't feel as though it's just something that you're asking them to do. Absolutely. So I know like when I get in my car, I immediately, you know, do my hand sanitizer. And then if, you know, my daughter or someone's with me, I'm putting it in their hand too. So you would just be doing the same things. It's just a routine and it'll become oh, yeah. a routine just for them of, as well. You make it a part of the routine. And I always like to tell care partners, give yourself some credit. Don't beat yourself up if you don't always do that, if you don't always remember everything, because sometimes that's only human. We get comfortable, we get relaxed, but just making sure that you're kind of aware and just a little bit more vigilant about those things, I think would would be key. And just, you know, that way that's going to help your loved one uh, with this disease be, you know, more accustomed because it'll become more of your everyday interaction mm-hmm. as well as when you go out in public and making sure there's nothing wrong with making sure that other people who interact with your loved one understand. We know that there are people who are much more vulnerable, people with dementia, seniors, children. We need to be very protective of those vulnerable populations. So just making it a standard interaction when they are around other people as well. Absolutely. We had talked earlier about you know some ways that they could boost their immune systems because we're trying to prevent. That's all we can do right now is try to prevent getting this. I think it's important that obviously, as with anything, with your overall general health, making sure you're staying up on your healthy routine. If, if you take medications, if you have different prescriptions, making sure you're on top of those, if those don't stop, so you continue to be at optimal health, making sure you're doing things to boost your immune system, drinking lots of fluids, eating healthy foods. Of course, these are things that they tell us that we don't always like to do and we kind of hate it, but we know once we start eating that way, we feel better. And, you know, I don't know about you, when I start eating when I'm off my game and I start eating all the things I really love to eat, but I shouldn't be eating, I definitely feel it. Yeah, <laughs> you for know, sure. I pay for it. So just kind of, you know, just keeping that balance. Some people may be taking vitamin supplements. You know, of course, you just want to make sure with anything that you're taking to boost your immune system, you research it, you vet it, and then also check with your physician to make sure Absolutely. that it doesn't unfortunately counteract any medications you may be on or aggravate any health conditions should you have them. So I think just doing those things, making sure that you're boosting your immune system, that you're getting some exercise, taking some walks, getting some sun, just doing things that you know that you would naturally do to boost your immune system. If I'm a tea drinker, I love green tea. Mm -hmm. So especially as the weather changes, I always get my seasonal teas. I stock up on my seasonal teas, stock up on your seasonal teas. That's just a good way to just boost your immune system, take vitamins, things like that. Some people take 
supplements. But with anything, make sure that you are consulting with whether it be a physician or a natural pathologist. There are individuals who are licensed as herbalists to be specialists to really give you the best advice about which vitamins and supplements are best for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's different when people are home with a a caregiver, and we've kind of addressed that, like you yourself are the caregiver, or maybe you have a caregiver coming in. But what is the difference, you know, when people have their loved one either in a nursing home or memory care or assisted living? What are some tips for that? Well, I would say definitely, you know, making sure you are connecting with your care team, the management in the unit where your loved one is. The great thing about these senior living communities, they are taking the utmost precautions there because they have to, because, you know, they have your precious cargo, they have your loved one, but also not only to protect your loved one and the other residents, but themselves. So they're following very strict COVID-19 protocols. And also they get constant mandates and directives from the state on how they need to uh, interact. So I know that at the beginning of the pandemic, things were very restrictive. Those restrictions have been loosened. But due to this surge, you always want to check with your senior living community, whether it be a care home, nursing home, assisted living, independent living. If you have a loved one who is living in some type of residential care, check in with that facility to see what their current directives are with the state concerning visitation and COVID-19 protocols. And then also plan to really comply with those things with their visitation policy, whether they're restrictive or they may just allow a designated family member to visit in a certain setting, but also looking at other options. You know, a lot of senior living communities are also helping, you know, families connect virtually through Zoom or Skype, video calls, things like that, depending on where they are, especially those who are living, you know, out of state. So it's always a good idea to make sure you check with that residential facility because they are getting constant directives and supervision from their state legislator about uh, their standards for anyone in the senior living community. Absolutely. And it's hard to believe that we are almost two years into this, into COVID. And that just blows my mind. But I mean, things are constantly changing because it's mutating or whatever into this new Omicron or Omicron. I don't even know how to say it. Omicron, I think is that I've already had it, but um, (laughs) I can tell you it wasn't pleasant, but it was more like a cold, I guess, a really bad cold. But, you know, things are changing all the time. When this first started two years ago, I mean, it was completely shut down. People could not get to their loved ones. And, you know, it was it was a really awful time. But now they do have the designated family member. And as far as I know, most places are still allowing that designated family member, at least, you know, that one person in to visit. But like Tanisha said, be sure and And check with the facility if they're in a nursing home or if they're in a memory care, just to see if things are changing um, and what what they need from you when you come to visit. And of course, when you go visit any place, if it's independent living, assisted memory care, you're always going to wear your mask. They're not going to let you in. Yeah, you have to have your mask. They have a station where they are going to take your temperature. They're going to ask you if you've had any symptoms, if you've had COVID or anyone around you has been diagnosed. And we don't know, like you may have been exposed to someone and you have no idea that you were, but you just really need to take precautions as Tanisha said. Oh, absolutely. And thank you, Lori. That brings me to another point for those who are living at home, 
Um, also, you know, they have these thermometers that you can get, you know, pretty much anywhere that are pretty cheap. I know I got one, um, I think at Target, about $20, along with, of course, the, the natural cleaning supplies and sanitizer masks, incorporate temperature checks. You know, I think that's important. And you can make it once again, a part of the everyday routine with your loved one. Like this is something that we're doing. It's a great idea. Our hands. When we get up in the morning, we're checking our temperature. You know, when we come back in the house, we're checking our temperature, but also having that available and them getting used to doing that. You know, that's a part of the routine. And also uh, when you're with other people, um, I think it's a great rule of thumb. We, we've been talking about making sure everybody is safe. When you're gathering with your loved one, with family members, making sure you are following those CDC protocols. I know that they're changing all the time, but just being very careful about gathering indoors and then also limiting the amount of people that you are interacting with, incorporating masks when you are seeing people, social distancing. And also there's nothing wrong with, you know, bringing your little thermometer with you to make sure, you know, we're checking everybody's temperature. These are just Mm -hmm. added little things that I know can be kind of annoying and tedious, but these are just little added measures that we can use to really just make sure we're taking care of ourselves. Absolutely. And you know, if you're caring for your loved one at home, why not do the same thing that the communities are doing? I mean, if someone comes to visit, take their temperature, mm-hmm. ask them the questions, request that they wear a mask when they're in visiting. I mean, absolutely, you, you can do the same things to protect that. I mean, because that's what you're trying to do is protect your family member. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's one thing. And then also, we I know we're all probably zoomed out and technology out with so many virtual options, you know, especially that we've gotten so accustomed to because of, of just this pandemic. But that's also something to do, too, you know, making virtual visits with family members and friends that, that don't always require mm-hmm. you meeting in person occasionally, um, making sure that everybody is checking in with each other. And if, if you don't feel well, if your loved one doesn't feel well, just making sure you stay away from each other until everybody feels better. You know, yeah. that's half the battle. Yeah. Cause I mean, there are still, you know, you may have a cold, but as I was saying to Tanisha, my daughter came home from college and she had a cold and we really thought it was just a cold. And uh, we even did a COVID test on her and she was negative. Well, it turned out she actually did have COVID and we ended up all the whole, went through the whole family. And thankfully it wasn't terrible. It was like I said, just like a bad cold for most of us. But another thing I want to touch on that I had, you mentioned the thermometer, but I had ordered last year, the pulse oximeter, I think it's called, but to mm-hmm. check your oxygen level. And we all checked, I mean, that kind of gave me peace of mind, to be honest with you, because that's something with COVID, when the oxygen level is dropping, that's when you you know may have a concern. But we were all checking and we made sure our oxygen stayed at a certain level. And it was maybe like $20 to get. Is that what it's, mm-hmm. is it called a pulse oximeter? Is that what I'm calling it? Yeah. Like you said, a lot of these things are, are much more affordable now. You know, yeah. they're, they're inexpensive. And now with a lot of these new uh, legislative appointments now, you know, with COVID test, I think it's covidtest.org where you can get free COVID tests. Yes. Uh, the government is, is letting people know that I think it's four per household. You mm-hmm. know, I already ordered mine. Yeah. 
having some at home COVID tests. There's constant, you know, locations opening up with, you know, COVID testing, free COVID testing. And then also now this week, I believe that CVS and Walgreens are giving away free N95 masks as well. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And that is something to touch on too. So masks, they've kind of, that's sort of evolved throughout this whole process, right? Absolutely. so the N95 are the ones that they're saying to get. And I know like I went on Amazon to look, I, I order a lot of stuff from Amazon and it was very confusing reading the reviews of different N95s because people mm-hmm. would say, this isn't actually the right one. This is not the mask you want to buy. It and is it's very kind of like, confusing. Yeah, it's how very do you confusing. know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. It's very confusing. You know, so much, so much has changed and, and it's constantly changing. Yeah. And yeah. we know realistically, you know, thankfully with these new initiatives from our government with the COVID testing, at home tests being covered by insurance now, much more accessible because we learned through this surge that, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't prepared for it. And people were having a hard time over the holidays towards the end of December when this surge really hit. People were having a hard time getting COVID tests. People mm-hmm. were having a hard time even getting tested. Testing locations were, you know, shutting down because it was the holidays and people were going on vacation and people weren't able to get in to see their doctors. You know, this surge hit us very hard. So that was hard on everyone. And in, what we are learning from it is that we have to be more prepared should another surge or variant mutate. Absolutely. And so that's why you have these new uh, resources now. Uh, that are starting to come about more testing locations and all of that is free. Uh, that's the great thing about it is these at-home tests from the, the freecovidtest.org, these initiatives by the government, these are free. So you can test at home safely. There are some who may just still want to do the PCR testing at different locations. Those are still also free as well. And, and then also- said, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt you, but it's no, uh, fine. free. It's free COVID. I think it's COVID. I think it's COVID test.org, I believe. Okay. I'll definitely check that. Someone had sent me the link last week and I just went on, you know, online right then and there. And mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was. So we'll look for that, but they will send four free COVID tests to your house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. COVID test.org. COVID test.org. Mm-hmm. Okay. COVID Excellent. Did. I just got that confirmation. So it is COVID test.org. And then also, like they talked about, you know, CVS and Walgreens are now giving free N95 masks. I think they may have a limit, of course, because they don't want to run out. But uh, you can also pick it up at your local Walgreens. And I think also, you know, those are options. And just knowing what mask is best for you. uh, You know, there's so much language about the best mask. And I'm Mm -hmm. glad for these initiatives because the N95 mask can be expensive. I think we all, I pretty much live off of Amazon at this point. You know, (laughs) I feel like I should have bought stock in Amazon. Yeah, right. (laughs) It is. But uh, definitely, you know, there's so many mixed reviews. So definitely the masks that are in these stores should be the masks that are the most appropriate. And then also, I think that, you know, whether you get those masks, if you are making the effort to get, you know, mask in bulk, Mm -hmm. whether it be an N95 or other masks that are three shield, you know, different masks, you know, doing what's best for your family. But, you know, now we have these resources more available just because we have been in this pandemic for some time now. Yeah, for sure. Great. Well, this is such great information. And I think it's so important that we get get it out there and that we do have all these different free resources that are coming or or that are available now. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to add? I would say that, you know, obviously there's 
so many different ways that people are protecting themselves and things that we've talked about. Um, when it comes to vaccines, uh, I definitely say that that is absolutely a person's choice when it comes to making decisions on whether they should or should not get a vaccine. Vaccines are another way to protect yourself. So whether you're vaccinated or not, you know, if you choose to get a booster, you know, those are another options that are available to protect yourself. You know, should that be something you choose? But for those where that is not the best option for them or not the option they want to take, uh, definitely making sure that they are uh, testing themselves, making sure they are taking precautions, social distancing, wearing masks, temperature checks, things like that, but just making the effort to just really take those precautions with themselves and others. Um, Because like you said, as we've learned with this surge, there are a lot of people who weren't aware that they had COVID because they had Mm -hmm. very, there was a lot of confusion because it's cold and flu season. Everything is not COVID, but in some cases, people who thought they were experiencing their regular cold and flu symptoms or, or allergies were actually experiencing COVID. So definitely taking the precautions that you choose to take, but definitely, you know, accessing masks, Uh, getting access to getting tested, making sure that you are social distancing. And if you do not feel well for any reason, making sure that you stay away from people until you are feeling better. And when you are uh, no longer feeling ill, making sure you are wearing a mask around Mm -hmm. others. Absolutely. And I know, I mean, some of these things we're tired of, but this is unfortunately a way of life. And we have to think about those who are more vulnerable, like our seniors, especially our seniors with dementia, that we have to do this to make sure that they're safe, even though it may be inconvenient or, I mean, yeah, I work from home, which is a great thing. But when I go out and I have to put a mask on, it's always like, oh my gosh, I have to get used to wearing this again. And Mm -hmm. whereas, you know, if you're always out working and you have a mask on all the time, I guess like, like my daughter says she has to wear one all the time at school and she just, you know, she's used to it. And Mm -hmm. uh, I was with her this weekend. And anytime we went out, we put a mask on and um, I was the one kind of whining about it, but I'm like, no, I'm going to wear my mask. But it's like, you just have to get, it's something you have to get used to wearing. Oh, it uh, is. And, you know, and, and when people are at home with their family and friends, of course, they're more relaxed and that's completely understandable. But, you know, just encouraging people Mm -hmm. to uh, when they are out and about around other people that they don't know, especially that vulnerable populations, children, seniors, people who are living with Alzheimer's and other type of dementia, other people who may have comorbidities and other issues you may not know about making the effort to social distance, making the effort to wear a mask. And uh, if you're not feeling well for any reason, staying home until you recover. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your experience and your knowledge. I appreciate it so much. And thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, check out the Alzheimer's Association. They have a 24-7 helpline. You can go look on their website. They have lots and lots of great information to help you. And go to my website as well. We will have links on there. We'll have all this information that we've talked about on ordering the kits to test with and the N95s. All that will be on there as well. And the website's lauriewilliams-seniorservices.com. And please share this podcast with your friends and family. It's all about education and spreading the word. Thank you so much as always for listening to the show and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. 